Hey there, Nonplus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British. Coyly British is my stage name. Okay. If you enjoy <laughs> a cocktail from time to time and you're looking to jazz things up a bit, because honestly, who's not right now? You should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme. Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. Spice up your next Zoom happy hour with a little something special for yourself. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. To sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed. Again, that's shaker, A-N-D, spoon.com slash nonplussed for $20 off your first box. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? You want to do that? Yes. <laughs> Let's get into it. Oh, no. I'm going to do the whole show like this. It's going to be awful. Well, thank you for joining us on our 19th and final episode of Nonplussed. It's been great. I don't know what that is. Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. <laughs> and this is Nonplussed, a yes. mischief media podcast. Speaking of, before we really sort of like get into it, check out Mischief Media. There's a whole host of other podcasts yeah. that you could be checking out right now. Um top of mind for me is extraneous supernatural. They're, they're getting back into that because the, 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 the show's finally ending. So oh, wow. okay. Catch up on that with extraneous um, and everything else that mischief media has to offer. Check it out at mischiefmedia.com. Yeah. So news, some fun Disney plus news this week. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. Um, They're doing a doogie Hauser reboot neat yeah uh i saw this i think it was on deadline we'll link it in the show notes but um yeah disney plus has given a 10 episode straight to series order to comedy doogie come aloha md which is the working title and it's a reimagining of doogie hauser md and it's set in hawaii where's yeah it's written by um courtney kang from how i met your mother and fresh off the boat uh and it's set in modern day hawaii and it follows lahela doogie come aloha uh, a mixed race 16 year old girl juggling a budding medical career and life as a teenager. This sounds rad. Yeah. It sounds wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm on board. Um, but then also, you know, those um, Mickey mouse shorts that they did on YouTube. That's like the newer animation style. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, they're putting those in a collection on Disney plus as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's called the wonderful world of Mickey mouse and it's debuting on Wednesday, November 18th, Mickey's birthday. Um, and it'll have two new shorts rolling out every Friday, beginning November 27th with uh, 10 shorts that will premiere this year and another 10 set for next summer. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Disney Plus is rolling out a new watch party feature called Group Watch. We talked about this last week because someone had um, data mined the yeah, code. So it is actually a thing only in O Canada. That happens. Yeah. Canada is a test market for a lot of stuff like that. For sure. So, you know, our, our Canadian listeners, we, you know, let us know how it is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes, links to all that stuff so that you can read up. And then outside of that, as always, I feel like we haven't said it the last couple of times, but our research all comes from Wikipedia, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, for sure. We. Um, I mean, we, who's going to a library right now? Th- this is true. Nobody. And also, are there books about the movie? In the library? Well, there's certainly, you know what? It's Actually, funny. You, yes, there is. It's funny you should mention that, but let's get into it. So, what I, speaking of, what movie are we talking about this week, Clancy? We are talking about 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. Not How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. No. Which is what I originally wrote down on my notes. And then Josh was like, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, I, uh, yeah, no. Actually, the March 31st, 1999 adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. By William Shakespeare. That that old bean. That old um, bean. And that's why it's you ask if there would be like you know books about this movie in the library. Absolutely, because and I know this because in one of my uh, classes in college, it was a English one of my English major theater major crossover classes. I had to write a paper about Taming of the Shrew. I had like it's a C plus on the paper. <laughs> it wasn't great, but but I happened to know that there were books in the UT library here. Right. Um, cause they've got a really big theater library here and there were books about 10 things I hate about you in the adaptation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 The musical that's based on the play. So the musical kiss me, Kate is a musical about a musical production of taming of the shrew. Mm. So it's a play within a play that's about the play. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it does a better, I think it's Cole Porter. It's really good. That's where you get the, um, brush. Up, your Shakespeare. Oh yeah. Start quoting him now. Brush up your Shakespeare, and no women you will wow. Just declaim a few lines from Otella, and they'll think you're a hell of a fella. If you're blind. Jesus. So this was directed by Gil Junger. Yes. Uh, who um, pretty much has almost done TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And There's the, stuff you've recognized on there. Like, it's a long list. I went through it, and I was just like, yeah, well, okay, cool. He was doing TV in the 90s and, and aughts. Awesome. And neat. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay was done by... Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith, and they also worked together on Legally Blonde, Ella Enchanted, and She's the Man, which is another Shakespeare adaptation yeah. set in high school. Um, Vice did a really cool 20 Years Later article last year, and they interviewed both of the writers and talked about how... Because um, the, the whole thrust of the article is that like watching it today, cat doesn't seem all that irrational. And so they were talking about how they would have updated it for, uh, for net, for our current audience. And it was, just, it's a really interesting conversation. So we'll link that in the show notes too. That's cool. Um, music is by Richard Gibbs, formerly of Oingo Boingo with Danny Elfman, uh, who like Elfman went on to score a whole bunch of movies like, uh, Dr. Doolittle say anything and queen of the damned. But yeah, he was also the musical director and composer for Muppets Tonight, The Simpsons, and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, good. Yeah. So in terms of the cast, uh, the late Heath Ledger, uh, who passed away January 22nd, 2008, playing Patrick Verona. Uh, of course, you know, A Knight's Tale, Brokeback Mountain, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, this was his first American film. Yes. Yeah. And what's funny about his character named Patrick of Verona is the the equal character in the play is Petruchio of Verona. 
Oh, that's cute. Yeah, there's plenty of nods. And like Padua High School, the city that the play is set in is Padua. Oh, okay. And there's so many funny like in references to the play, but then they're also studying Shakespeare at some point. And I'm like, hey, if you want to know how this turns out, all you have to do is <laughs> turn to his comedies. Go to the T's and you'll find this. Yeah. It's all right there, my friends. <laughs> Uh, Julia Stiles, uh, she played Cat Stratford. Yes, she got her start on the PBS show Ghost Rider. Oh, did you ever watch this show? No. Oh my God. Ghost Rider was my jam. It was about these kids in New York. Anyway, it was the, the antics of these kids and it was like educational and they would communicate with a ghost by writing and the ghost was like from another time period. They were like trying oh, to solve its no, murder. Yes, I know what you're talking yes. about. I have, yes, I think they are rebooting it or did reboot it. I don't know. Yeah, it's an Apple TV show. Anyway, yeah. that's where Julia Stiles got her started. Yeah, she was also in Save the Last Dance, the Bourne series, the Omen remake and Silver Linings playbook. So she's she's been doing a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, and then of uh, my uh, forever dream boat, Joseph Gordon Levitt as Cameron Hames. Forever dream boat. Forever dream boat. I had such a crush on him when I was a kid. <sighs> yeah. Uh, he's the, you know, the young one from third rock from the sun. Um, he voices treasure planets, Jim Hawkins. Yes. We haven't watched that one, but I've seen it. I don't think you've seen it. I mean, for the show, we haven't, we haven't watched. I mean, no, I've never seen it, but for the yeah, show, we haven't watched it. So that's haven't. maybe we should do that one soon. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he was in GI Joe. <laughs> uh, he was also 500 days of summer inception and the dark night rises. Uh, yeah. So he had kind of an Owen kick for a hot second. Oh yeah. Um, Larissa Olenek as Bianca Stratford. Did you ever watch the secret world of Alex Mack? No, on Nickelodeon? I don't know what that is. So. Alex Mack was my jam. She like gained superpowers from these chemicals and she could turn into water and she okay. could, I think turn invisible and like had static electricity powers. Cute. It was delightful. Um, but after this, she did 21 episodes of third rock from the sun with Joseph Gordon Levin, which is funny. Um, she did a stint on pretty little liars, uh, the Hawaii five O reboot. And she was on mad men for a bit. Uh, David Krumholtz. Uh, he played Michael, uh, Ekman. Ekman. Yeah. Yeah. He is, um, Bernard, the elf from the Santa Claus with, uh, oh, shit. With yes. That's Tim so Ellen. right. Isn't that funny? That's funny. Um, and then he was on the numbers TV series. He was on the newsroom for a bit and he was I in the newsroom. I loved that, that series. Was such a good show, but it kind of fizzled out real it quick. Did. Anyway, Andrew Keegan is Joey Donner. Uh, he is nineties heartthrob from can't nowhere. Heart Thunder alley party of five and seventh heaven. And he's also in my favorite gay rom-com. The Broken Hearts Club. Well, Andrew King, funny enough, founded a community spiritual center in Venice uh, Beach in 2014 that was recently raided by the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control because their kombucha wasn't legal. Oh, that's cute. The center closed Did you say down kombucha or is it kombucha? Whatever. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Kombucha cares. Kombucha cares. Uh, Susan May Pratt uh, <laughs> played Mandela. Yeah, she was on center stage and then did a lot of TV rad yeah uh gabrielle union was uh chastity yes that's bianca's friend and uh, she i mean queen of the 90s man she she got on moesha she was on sister sister she was on seventh heaven and then uh after this she did bring it on and then bad boys Two, cradle the grave and deliver us from eva uh who do we got next larry miller uh played uh walter stratford yeah he's the dad so you, i mean he's he's sometimes the pragmatic villain in things yes um he was in pretty woman he was the dean in the nutty professor series um best in show a mighty win best in show when he's um he's cookies x and he keeps talking about the sex that they've had while they're like oh, at, right, the at the dinner table. table? Yes, 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 yes. That guy, that guy. 
Um, Daryl Mitchell is Mr. Morgan. He was on Galaxy Quest. Um, he was on Veronica's Closet for a bit, Ed, but he's been like, I think he's the main guy in CIS New Orleans. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then finally, who doesn't get any justice in this movie, Allison Janney. As Ms. Perky. Yes. Much like the lost uh, epilogue of the original Taming of the Shrew, Miss Perky disappears from the end of this film. And I don't get it. Like, it was such a, like, I felt like we were being set up for something so great. She's and then such a delightful nothing. character. Yeah. She's just a pragmatic horny guidance counselor and i'm telling you there's not enough representation for pragmatic horny guidance counselors who can color coordinate she she was in drop dead gorgeous which is the best movie ever made if you haven't ever watched that the west wing don't one of you boys give me a ride home (laughs) don't fall for it she just lives two trailers down (laughs) so it'll be really easy she's uh she was in the west wing yes uh juno hairspray mom and is uh, voicing yeah Goldie O'Gilt on the new Ducktail series. Oh, right on. Yeah, okay, cool. Do you want to get into this movie? Let's get into it. Take it away. Cameron James, a new student at Padua High School in the Seattle area, becomes instantly smitten with the popular sophomore Bianca Stratford. Geeky Michael Ekman, um, warns him that Bianca is a vapid and conceited, and that her overprotective father does not allow Bianca or her older sister, the shrewish cat, to date. Cat, a senior, is accepted to Sarah Lawrence College in New York, but her father, Walter, wants her to stay close to home. Bianca wishes to date affluent senior Joey Donner, ugh, but Walter, an obstetrician worrisome of teenage pregnancy, will not allow his daughters to date until they graduate. Frustrated by Bianca's insistence and Cat's rebelliousness, Walter declares that Bianca may date only when Cat does, knowing that Cat's an- antisocial attitude makes this unlikely. Spoiler alert, she does. Sure, uh, but and and this is in terms of adaptation. This is essentially one for one. This movie does a really good. Um, uh, it, it's a great contemporary adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. It yeah. hits all the beats without being cringy. It's it's clearly a relic of its time, and there for are sure. still some things you wouldn't see in a screenplay like this today. It's weird looking at it through lens right now because even when it was out at the time, I wasn't really I wasn't the target audience for like who Cat was and what what the message that character had was saying, right? Yeah. And seeing it now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like this is almost a farce. Yeah. If we could tighten up some of these scenes a bit and stop taking some things as seriously, this is a hysterical farce that would hold up better. Mm-hmm. But in thinking that I'm like, well, maybe it's just, maybe at the time it felt like a groundbreaking rom-com because like when you read like that vice article I mentioned, that's a lot of what they're saying is like it, it, it still holds water. Well, when Taming of the Shrew gets redone, it's it's easy to make those pivot points because through a contemporary lens, you can make those sidesteps well. And, and these characters, it becomes more about the relationships than the archetypes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the music in this is rad. Yes. It opens with uh, One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Yes. But it also has like... um. I feel like it slowed down a little bit and there's kind of a beatbox line that's added to it. (laughs) 
It just feels so quintessential 90s when one week crossfades into bad reputation. Yes. And like you get everything you need to know about this character from this. Uh, I don't give a damn. And that like, and she's just mean dogging these prissy bitches in their fucking convertible. It's such, it's such a moment. It's such a specific 90s moment. Yeah, it it really sells the eventual letters to Cleo of all of that. <laughs> uh, and uh, my next note here is oof Heath. Uh, He's so pretty. He is very hair. very pretty. And we get um just this whole scene between um Miss Perky and Cameron. Cameron. Um, yep. it's peak Allison Janney, and we get just like <laughs> three more scenes of this. Maybe a total of five minutes of Allison Janney in this whole film. I'm sure you won't find Padua any different than your old schools. Same little ass wipe shit for brains everywhere. <laughs> Excuse me? Did you just say, am I in the right office? Not anymore, you're not. I've got deviants to see and a novel to finish. Now scoot. There was, I, honestly, I feel like there's plenty of opportunities for her to have shown up like at the prom or whatever. For sure. Like talking about her latest novel. Because she's writing smut. She's writing adult literature and she's, it's such a power move to go, excuse me one moment. I need to finish describing an erection. Like that's such a power move and I'm Uh, so here for it. Yes, for sure. So we get like these shots of um, uh, uh, Cameron is being taken around campus by Michael. Yeah. It was kind of explaining all of the different clicks and whatnot to him. Yes. I listed them out. Did you, do you uh, want them? I, I have a notes about one of them, but you can go ahead and list them. Yes. Okay. So we meet the beautiful people yeah. um, where one of them says, eat me. And I just like, eh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we've got the coffee kids. Los Costa Rican. Um, and they're like a bit jittery. Yeah. And they're like, don't, don't, don't scare them. Don't scare them. <laughs> then we've got um a, a group who are referred to as these delusionals, which yes, thank you. Um, I love that these women took a moment to drag um cultural appropriation. Yes. These delusionals are your white rastas. Uh they're big Marley fans. They think they're black. Semi-political, but mostly smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. These guys. Yes. <laughs> See, and this is the thing about how well this movie holds up. So then we've got the cowboys. And this <laughs> I had a visceral reaction to this because these are cowboys who've never been closer to a cow except for a McDonald's pretty much like this is at my high school. We had a we had a, a, a place called Cowboy Corner, which was where all these completely hats, boots, everything would always congregate down in and like. I had more of a reason to be down there because my mom owned horses. Yeah. Like this is, I just, I was like, Oh, that's my high school. And it brought me back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, then we get the future MBAs, which is a really great way of talking about nerds, I guess. Um, yeah. And then we get Bianca and he does that. I burn, I pine, I perish line. And that's a rip straight from the play. Got it. Yeah. I, I saw that listed a couple of times in the trivia. So yeah, he, he sees Bianca and he's smitten and oh, that's a no go zone. Yeah. They don't date like she yeah. can't date. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, well, maybe I can. Right. Well, I mean, when you're that pretty, who's going to, who's right? going to tell you? No, exactly. Um, And then we get more of cat and she's going to the school and tears down the prom poster. And they're talking about Hemingway in her English class. And I love this English teacher. I don't, but I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. 
Look, he's he tells all of these white children to check their privilege with every lesson, and I fucking love it. For sure, but like she was legitimately at one point she was legitimately like interested and was like, yes, I want to write this. And he took it as like she was being shitty. And I was just like, come on. I think it's one of the things that don't really translate because I thought, I think all of this stuff with the teacher is played for laughs in the 90 and today. Like he also seems like he's being reasonable, but even her take on Hemingway romantic Hemingway. He was an abusive alcoholic misogynist who squandered half his life hanging around Picasso trying to nail his leftovers. As opposed to a bitter self-righteous hag who has no friends. (laughs) (laughs) Pipe down, Chachi. That's uh, that's accurate. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a feminist take on Hemingway. I mean, he was an alcoholic misogynist. Yeah. Uh, So my my next note here is that men are trash. Well, yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's her yeah. thesis, honey. <laughs> that's her thesis. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he checks. He checks both her white privilege because he's like, I'm so sorry. Your suburban middle class life has been such a struggle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's fair. She's the daughter of an obstetrician who who uh, uh, admits that he spends his days elbow deep in placenta. So, oh, my God, he's a doctor who's working. Yeah. The teacher has a point. <laughs> yeah. but also like it's it's all of this folded on top of each other and again we're we're 30 year old gay men in in 2020 looking at this and we we were never the target audience i don't think for this movie no i did have a note here that's like michael is gay i thought maybe i thought that would have been if any of the characters could have been gay it could have been him it would have been the one who looks like he could also be playing a teacher yes I love that guy. I love that actor. David Krumholtz is such a delight. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I I I thought that he could be. And I mean, there are some gay moments with him. I feel like in this movie, so well, there were there were a couple of gay jokes, but they they kind of fell flat for a me. little bit. Yeah, and maybe again, it was one of those things where it was like in the nineties, like oh, we're making a gay joke, but it's not it's not that bad. <laughs> well, it was, uh, you know, yeah. Um, and then when you know, Cat shows up to the counselor to Miss Perky's office again, but she's looking for a synonym for, uh, engorged at the sight of Reginald stiff and Judith. What's another word for engorged? I'll look it up. Okay. Swollen. Perfect. Do you have anything else for this? Oh, we get into like Joey's going to try to Joey gets bet to date Bianca. Yes. That's why we lose that. It's another thing that sort of gets set set up. I mean, I think he mentions it at the very end at the prom when everything's blowing up um, about how he lost a bet or something, but we lose that sort of thread of it. But this is where things kick off and it's like, okay, the rules have changed a bit because like now what's his bucket is going to try to um, tutor her. He's talking about um, if you're really going to give it a shot, yeah. you know, you should, you should, she's looking for a French tutor as they walk by again. And chastity asks, um, I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you just be whelmed? And Bianca's <laughs> like, I think in Europe you can. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Was, I had that. note. that if was things a fun just one. get tightened up a little bit more. Like, I feel like maybe just a re edit. Oh yeah. 
And this, this, I feel like it would, would, it would a hold up really pacing. well. Get some of the, cause like we even saw in the credits, like you get some outtakes um, and there's extra scenes with Alice and Janney. I'm just like, where is miss justice for miss Perky free miss Perky. Yes. Free, free miss Perky. Um, but yeah, they're there. We also get, I missed it the first time, but I was uh, reviewing and um, Michael says, you know, save it for your spank bank. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. <laughs> You can't have that girl. So just masturbate about her. My goodness. See, these yeah. are, there's some, there's some, uh, 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 plot mines. There's some, well, I mean, I, he immediately gets his comeuppance when he rides his dirt bike off the hill. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, and then sort of like, you know, everybody cheers him on. So that, that was funny. We get to their house and, you know, cat's gotten accepted to Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. And, um, this is when the, their dad is shouting and banging about. And at one point, he asks her like, you know, do you know who, who this patient I had today was? And she's like a crack whore who said her, her boyfriend should have worn a condom. And I was just like, why is she using such dehumanizing language about one of his patients? Because that's probably the language that he uses to her. This is what I'm saying is that it's problematic. I mean, sure. And then she calls cat the R word. I'm like, Whoa, the nineties. Oh my goodness. I think that's, like it was kind of like the height of the cringe for me for this film, mm-hmm. but yeah, that came right in uh, and surprised me. Frankly, next bit, I guess. Yep, go for it. When Cameron asks Bianca out, she informs him of her father's new rule, and as a pretense for allowing her to date Joey, suggests that Cameron find someone willing to date Cat. Cameron selects bad boy Patrick Verona, but Patrick scares him off. Michael assists by convincing Joey to pay Patrick to take out Cat under the pretense that this will allow Joey to date Bianca. Patrick agrees to the deal, but Kat rebuffs his first few advances. Michael and Cameron help him by prying Bianca for information on Kat's likes and dislikes. Armed with this knowledge, Patrick begins to win Kat's interest. She goes to a party with him, which enables Bianca to go as well, much to Walter's dismay. Yes. Uh, Cameron is a doofus. He is. Uh, He just doesn't pick up on any of the signals. No. And it's just precious she even she's like oh you're asking me out that sweet I'm yeah just like oh honey <laughs> oh honey no baby why yeah and it, there, there's one point where michael is going around like uh, trying to recruit people to to would you date katarina stratford now i have gathered a group of guys couldn't be more perfect padua's finest Would any of you be interested in dating Katarina Stratford? Hmm? <laughs> oh, I've never been that ripped. Maybe if we were the last two people alive and there were no sheep. Are there sheep? He asks them as a group and they respond individually. And it's so odd. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I there's the one guy who really wants to fuck a sheep. Right. That happens. The fat guy just screams. Yeah. It was just, it was just like, I, I don't understand why that had to happen that way. And it seemed a little bit clunky, but it hey. did. But yeah, the, the, the whole plot kicks off and Joey yeah. asks Patrick, I'm just like, who carries 50 around $50 around? Yeah. When, pulls it just out during of gym class or, you know, sports rehearsal or whatever's going on in there. And especially because he started with a lower number. So what was he going to do? Ask for change. And then Patrick asks, like he gets right to it, jumps right to it goes over to Katarina and she says, 
do you even know my name screw boy and i was like oh shit is screw boy like the proto fuck boy oh yeah that's fun it was pleasant yeah apparently golfing into a basket is a thing i didn't realize this was a sport i was see i here's also who were those kids the the future mbas those kids because i think that's the guy that like usurped michael's position yeah i think it's an odd like c plot but he seemed like the guy that was golfing seemed like he was kind of a bully but yet like a rich bully like he gets his comeuppance he does and it it's also weird that they're having a cigar party like yeah i I don't know anyways um but no like it got at driving ranges there is somebody who who collects the balls right but you don't golf into a football field filled with people this is my thing (laughs) is like there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of individual skill happening yes with the guy catching the balls the balls completely missing all of the other student athletes on the field right there's a lot happening here and i had that same thought that this is just danger this is a this is a a settlement waiting to happen well and i mean i guess and we'll get to it a little bit later there is there is violence that happens in this movie that is just bonkers but they uh they go to recon in cat's room yes um and they're like going through her room and like pulling out like all of her albums and things like this and then go into their drawer and find black panties and that apparently means that she wants to have sex yeah and this i i had a vague memory of this becoming a thing after this after these movies and like girls being like no i'm wearing black panties but of course i was a homosexual male so i I was like you know uh, yeah it was just it was it was funny and then and then when oh hey do you want to go see bianca's room no my room is a, a girl's room is private and it's just like girl you're literally tearing well, that's your what sister's saying, room apart if they tightened it up a bit that joke would have landed better i think it would have like yeah. i think it's it's meant to be played for laughs but you mentioned there's that one shot where they're on um i think it's uh cameron and bianca on the date and they go to that that big giant statue and you were like, what the hell is this thing? Oh yeah. What the fuck? It's called the Fremont troll. And they actually, um, oh, it's a, it's okay. public art and they, they're credited at the end, but it's, um, it's like there was the, a Volkswagen in like the clutch of this demon troll. And I was just like, this is, and it was like painted nonsense. a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was sculpted by four local artists, Steve, but bad Danis, Will Martin, Donna Walter and Rose Whitehead. The idea of a troll living under the bridge is derived from the Scandinavian from Scandinavian folklore. So like, it's just a, a it's public art. It's cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd heard about it and I didn't, I couldn't remember what it was. So I just Googled giant statue in Seattle. Yeah. So when, uh, so basically, um, Bianca's dad, Walt, Walter, right. That's his name. Yes. Yes. Uh, they come back and, and you know, cat is like, well, I'm going to go to this party. I have a date. And so Bianca's like, well, I can, I also have a date now to go to this party. And Walter puts on the empathy belly. Yes. <laughs> it's a thing that like, uh, it's, uh, and again, maybe this is a very nineties joke, but I remember it being used a lot in the context of like humor of like men having to have, having to, you know, see what it's like to be pregnant right? with, with the boobs and the, but it was just this like big suit that had like a vest it's it reminds me of those vests like when you're at the dentist and you're gonna get x-rays yes really those lead vests except for this one has memories and a yeah belly. and patrick shows up and it's like <laughs> who knocked up your sister <laughs> it was delightful. It's such a good joke it was uh and like again if it were tightened up these things would be much more 
it would be it would be a much better movie. yeah why well, and one of the notes i had was this script is funnier than they're making it in hindsight like it just needs a little bit little bit uh different direction some some punchier yeah just some little punch-ups i wouldn't mind a reboot yeah no i think bring this this one back this is prime for one of those yeah do you want to tell us what happens at the party at the party cat becomes upset when she sees bianca with joey and responds by getting drunk patrick (laughs) attends to her and cat opens up expressing her interest in starting a band however when she tries to kiss him patrick pulls away and cat leaves infuriated Meanwhile, Bianca ignores Cameron in favor of Joey, leaving Cameron dejected. Bianca soon realizes, however, that Joey is shallow and self-absorbed and asks Cameron for a ride home. Cameron admits his feelings for her and his frustrations with how she has treated him, and Bianca responds by kissing him. Yes. Cat uh, goes to 11 at this party almost immediately. Yeah, and I, I kind of missed how the party started happening because it looks like, what's his bucket? What is his name? Uh, the nerd dude? I thought I had it. The one that was the yuppie boy that was, yeah, that was shooting all the, the golf balls. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who he was. Um, I forget his name anyways. Um, but like, uh, he seems surprised that this party is happening. Well, cause he didn't know. I think it was, it was supposed to be a small party for that club. Is it one of those things where it was like people knew his parents were away and that's why he was having the cigar party and exactly. everybody's like, he's got a big house, let's rush it? Yeah, because remember the, there was a there was an original flyer that they then took down and then they put another one up that said uh, free beer. Oh yes. And then yes, yes. and then they dropped it through the through the, like that's the uh, so funny. Yeah. And so just completely busts in and it's then crawling. Yeah, and Kat just decides she's gonna get tequila drunk. And it's really not until she throws up that I believed that she was tequila drunk because yeah. I've seen tequila drunk and she had it way <laughs> too together. She uh, I've been tequila drunk and I can't sit on a swing when that happens. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. No. But yeah, she there's at one point where she's like on the table dancing um and like hits her head on the chandelier and then uh Pat, right? Patrick, yeah. Patrick. Uh catches her and mm-hmm. you know it tries to keep her out apparently that scene of her dancing on the table is what got her the role for save the last dance <laughs> oh oh that was i remember seeing that in theaters i remember seeing center stage in theaters center stage when you were when you were the gay in high school theater and all the girls <laughs> wanted to go see the films about professional dancers you yeah. were the boy that they took with them <laughs> beep boop but yeah, she gets mad about him not kissing her. And I'm like, I get that this is like drunk anger. Yeah. But girl, you just threw up. I don't want to kiss you either. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also like, it just kind of, it goes to almost show that like, you know, Patrick has, has, he's not going to take advantage of her. Really. No. And like, it, it goes to show like almost immediately that he's, yes, he's doing it for money. Like, because he was being told like, you know, right. But I mean, we find out later he hasn't spent any of it. Right. Which I have some thoughts about that at the end, but we'll talk about the trivia, but But no, he doesn't seem. And that's, what's interesting about the deviation from the source material is like, he doesn't actually seem like he's trying to, you know, torture her into compliance so much as just like, he's trying to do the things he needs to do to win her over. And in so doing finds that he actually does quite like her. I will say, Poor Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this scene. I know, right? He's just shat on, and it's it's hard to watch. It is because he's such a precious baby angel. I really yeah. like you. Okay, I 
I, I defended you when people called you conceited. I helped you when you asked me to. I, I learned French for you, and, and then you just blow me off so that you can... She gets out of the car and he's like, Ooh, I'm back in the game. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, he, the, the, he, he, he opened up. I mean, this is honestly quite a bit progressive. He opened up to this girl that he's been chasing and yeah. was very honest about everything that he's been doing. And she uh, was won over by his effort and his kindness and his sweetness. He hasn't tried to take advantage of her. He's not been trying. All. He's just been trying to get noticed by her. And I don't think at any point like she's it, it, that, like he tries to take advantage of her at all. No, on concept, the idea of uh, operating this social machination just so that you can try to date this girl is creepy. It is no question about it. But uh, the the presentation here um, really does. Uh, the only uh, manipulative thing he does is pretending that he knows French, which comes to bite him back in the ass. Sure, especially yeah. once he gets the hole drilled into the French book. <laughs> um. But I don't think, I mean, something tells me she wasn't paying him for his services as a tutor. Yeah. I think it became just as social as anything, which is probably why she's like, you know what? I do kind of like this guy. I'm going to give him a kiss. Yeah. It seemed empowering for her, I think. It did. And yeah, it was, it was definitely done. I just thought. And that, empowering uh, for him. Yes. He got his groove back. I was just like, but is it really a game? Is it all a game to everyone? The game of love. <laughs> Anyways. Joey offers to pay Patrick to take Kat to the prom so he can take Bianca. Patrick initially refuses, but relents when Joey offers him more money. Kat is still angry with Patrick, but he wins her over by serenading her with the accompaniment of the marching band, and she <laughs> helps him sneak out of detention. They go on a date, which turns romantic, but Kat becomes suspicious and angry when Patrick insists that she go with him to the prom, an event she is adamantly against. <laughs> Bianca is irritated that Cameron hasn't asked her to the prom and so accepts Joey's invitation, but Walter won't allow it unless Kat goes too. Kat confesses to Bianca that she dated Joey when they were freshmen and succumbing to peer pressure had sex with him. Afterwards, she regretted it and Joey dumped her. So she vowed to never do anything again just because everyone else was doing it. Bianca insists that she can make her own choices. So Kat agrees to go to the prom with Patrick and Bianca decides to go with Cameron instead of Joey. Yeah. So this is where I wrote. This is a farce. Yes. Um, because that's kind of what it is. Like, it's just all over the place it really is and again tighten it up slam a few more doors have a few more shouting matches and yeah. it's a delightful romp and this is where we get the more violence where bianca literally shoots a teacher with an arrow oh yeah when she because she's not paying attention she's just not paying attention and just lets it go and and then doesn't have any empathy to go help this teacher out. And, and I mean, to be fair, like she broke the first rule. You never, if you're going to look away from where you're like, you're always looking where your arrow is pointing. Yeah. If you're ever going to do that. The arrow needs to be pointed at the ground. <laughs> like number one, did you take archery I, in college? I sure did. Oh, that's right. Um, and we certainly didn't have 10 people lined up because our coach was uh, aware of humans, especially people <laughs> wielding potentially deadly projectiles. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we had three targets and they were spaced well apart. <laughs> yeah. So 
apparently Joey just has unlimited money on him and just pulls out three hundred dollars. Oh, right? I mean, they make you know he's he's an ad, he's doing a commercial. He's done some modeling and this and that. I guess you know he's got this. I think it's a Lambo, you know, and it's leather and blah blah blah. So like he's the rich kid at the rich kid school. Your sister is going. <laughs> Since when? Oh, let's just say I'm taking care of it. Here, this should take care of the flowers, the limo, the tux, everything. Just make sure she gets to the prom. Do you know what? I'm sick of playing your little game. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. You, uh, you sick of, let's say, 300? And all over a bet to date Bianca, like, I, is he going to be getting, is there return on investment here for him? Yeah, he's looking, he's trying to have sex with Bianca. And that is his goal. And he is paying everything uh, he can to have sex with Bianca. Yeah, which makes it that much grosser because, it like, does. he's the reason that Kat's just like, no, I'm an independent woman exactly. and I'm not going to go he with the crowd. He is the true villain in this movie. Yeah. Well, no shit. That's evident. He's the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Bianca is also the villain in this movie. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> she forces her sister to do things that she doesn't want to do. Eh, that's that's just moving the plot. I, the my, is, the point, the true. ultimate point is, two hundred dollars is not enough for a tux, flowers, and a limo, even even but in nineteen ninety. With three hundred, even even in nineteen ninety nine, I I went to prom in two thousand two, and all of that shit was much more than three hundred dollars. We had to pool on the limo when he came out and just started singing. Like I I remember this scene. Like I I remember this happening. Like uh-huh. I, I've I may have seen this movie before. Whatever. Sure. I would swoon if Heath sang to me <laughs> in a football field. Like I would just, I would give him everything at that point. I would take off all my clothes and just be like, take me on this field right now. It's funny because when I try to sing to you loudly in public, you just start running for the car faster. Right. But you don't have long hair. How <laughs> <laughs> was that my fault? I know. I'm just- and I got a closet full of wigs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh yeah no this, but yeah, it's this super is super romantic it's it super is. romantic it's, and it's so it's good it's so well executed and then there's this whole like uh what is it three stooges running back and forth on the bleachers with, with the, the cops. cops yeah or the I, I'm assuming they're just the campus oh police. yeah they've got to be like school security or whatever but I mean they're certainly not you know whatever the compliance officer is I mean because let's be honest if this were contemporary this is a dangerous situation he's put himself. <laughs> hundred percent. But like at one point, like he, like he's running back and forth and he gets behind one of them and like slaps him in the butt. And then he gets all mad about it. And then they I keep mean, running back and forth. And then one of them gives up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, Stick it to the man. <laughs> one of, one of them just is like, I- I'm done with this. And he, he still ends up in detention. Cause I guess they know who he is, but right. like, it, it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. And that's, yeah. 
Cat helps get him out of detention by flashing the coach. Yes. Which was wildly weird. Totally weird. The coach just confiscates weed from one of the students and it's so blase. It's treated so benignly. Yes. But it's, that's like, that's so much weed. Like looking at that, a lot of weed. Look, it's like in a plastic baggie. It almost looked like um, the size and shape of like a um, like a sugar, a rock sugar candy. Like it was yeah. huge. And I'm just like, wait, that's like a that's like a, a quarter, maybe almost you know, a the, whole the, ounce. The prop, the prop person was just like they were taking. How much oregano should I put in this bag? Just the whole thing. I, I well, they, and then they filled the yeah yeah. It, I, it was just so much weed. <laughs> it was a lot of weed. And then grabs a bag of Cheetos like gingerly from the because of the course the joke is is that yeah. he's gonna go get blasted and because he got shot in the ass with an arrow fair enough you know what it's great for like 100 percent. that's what i was like <laughs> get it but then also stop being a fucking perv god now i want cheetos uh. <laughs> all right uh so yeah they she flashes the 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 teacher he sneaks out the window uh or heath or heath I mean, it is he, Patrick. But, but Patrick sneaks out the window, and uh, and then they go on this this date. Yeah, in there's a their paintball park. Well, they're boating first, and then oh, they were boating first, and then there's the paintball park, which is funny because that's what uh, um, Cameron wanted to do was go sailing. Yeah, with Bianca. Yeah, and yet they're the ones that went sailing. Wait, and I just and I got so many questions about this paintball park. Okay, so that's not what paintball is. No, they were okay. So they had satchels. With well, it was like water balloons water filled balloons. with paint. Yes, they were like balloons filled with paint, and they were throwing them. Yeah, at each other. Yeah, and it was just the two of them. Yeah, there's no and, gates, and the park. Yeah, the park is like wide open because then in the distance there's like a family with their dog walking a dog. It's like so many questions about this paintball. It just park. doesn't make any doesn't make goddamn any sense. Goddamn now sense. So the paintball area was actually shot in Seattle's Gasworks Park which is on the edge of Lake Union, where assuming this is where they were boating. Yeah. Um, which is normally a family park and picnic area. So that makes, so they just set a paintball park. Right. It was to, just like, Oh, let's make this into a paintball park because it's got like pipes and shit coming was, out of the ground. It was whatever. Dumb. It was dumb. Yeah, it was, it was dumb. <laughs> it was dumb. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. And then it all just falls apart. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, they're talking, they go, go back to the house. And my mom had one of these ab loungers that Walter's using. That was, uh, that was a, another sort of sense memory flashback situation. But yeah, the, the main, the main point here is that cat and Bianca start discussing essentially why cat is uh, the way she is in reference to men in general and, and Joey, um, and come to find out that cat had sex with him once and was like, Nope, I didn't like it. And that's not for me for right now. So, um, and he didn't like that and dumped her and, um, Bianca's like, why didn't you tell me? And it's funny because Kat threatened to, to, uh, to shame the size of his genitalia, yeah, which is, uh, not a, you know, that's not cool. But, but also like it, it's, I can, I can see it from both their perspectives. And I think this is where the writing was really good in this, mm. which was that, you know, yeah, Kat is trying to be the bigger sister here and be like, Hey, yeah. This guy literally tried to take advantage of me and all I'm doing is trying to protect you of that. Yeah. But then she's also like, well, I need to be able to make my own mistakes. Well, and it's and very like, u- unique in this conversation too. Like there there's, yes, there's agency. And, yeah. and one of the things I saw in that vice article is them talking about how um, it's kind of surprising that 
this is a, you know, a teen movie, a rom-com in the nineties where a girl is admitting to have, you know, having had sex and she's not punished for that. Right. That yeah. happens a lot. That happens mm-hmm. a lot in movies like this. Oh, the nineties sure. is like they're, they're vilified or whatever, you know, there's, it's, I mean, it's easy. A right. Um, yeah. Or even, even Buffy when she has sex with angel and exactly. then, and then angel becomes a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been working his way through Buffy. So it's top of mind. Thank you for um, joining me on this Buffy cast. Yeah, again. It's kind of like um, at the beginning of when we first started doing the podcast, you were talking about the Simpsons a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've moved on the Simpsons. I sort of gave up. We, we, we all did. Uh, yeah. Plancy. We all did. <laughs> uh dawson's river kids oh yeah <laughs> what, what how did that come up kissing huh that's what you think happens got news for you kissing isn't what keeps me up to my elbows in placenta all day long can we for two seconds ignore the fact that you're severely unhinged and discuss my need for a night of teenage normalcy what's normal those damn dawson's river kids sleeping in each other's beds and whatnot daddy that is so not got news for you I'm down. I've got the 411, and you are not going out and getting jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. Bianca wants to go to the prom, and her dad's flipping out about it because, you know, Kat was, Kat's not going to the prom, but now Kat is going to the prom, and it's a whole kerfuffle. And he's like, Do you know what happens at prom? And she's like, There's some dancing, there's some kissing. He's like, Oh, all these Dawson's Rivers kids. Like he's talking about the influence of, you know, teens on television having sex and yada, yada, yada. And what's funny about it is, is like there's, there's not actually any depictions of sex in this movie. It's referenced and it's talked about relatively maturely, but um, there's no like teen sex. No, not really. Uh, but yeah, I want a show called Dawson's River Kids. <laughs> like, I need that to be a television show. It's like an animated uh, reboot of Dawson's Creek. And Dawson's <laughs> like a camp counselor. Yes! It's Dawson's, Dawson's River Kids! Yay! Oh my god. Also, there's a, there's a shot in this where um, uh, uh, Kat's friend, what was her name? Chastity. Chastity opens up her locker and pulls out that dress that Michael oh, has put in there. Yeah. With like, you know, oh, nice- no, 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 no. You said cat's friend. I thought you meant Bianca's. It's um Mandela. Mandela. Yeah. There's a point when Mandela opens up her locker. Yes. And there's like this uh, uh, Shakespearean it's like a Renaissance dress, dress. Renaissance yeah. dress with like a, a nice script of like, hey, would you go to the prom with me? And it's from Michael. Yeah. How the fuck did Michael put that dress in her locker? Did he break into it? Uh, presumably. Well, see, what sometimes. in of fucking space. Well, there's that, but also. I have a distinct memory of being in high school and like you always had a friend, at least in my high school who knew your locker combination. Okay. Um, and so like, if you wanted to do something special for a friend and hide something in their locker, you'd go tell their friend first and get their locker combination and they'd help you like you have a confidant. Um, I stopped using my locker about halfway through high school and just used a filing cabinet in the theater room. I mean, it was easier that way. And there was I, nobody I, who ever, like, I, you know, I lie. Somebody stole a pair of pleather pants of mine and <gasps> a pair they? of platform shoes, both of which I used for plays. One for the male version of the odd couple and one as the queen of hearts in Alice in Wonderland. What bitches? Female version of the odd couple. Because uh, I was one of the Spanish boys. Yeah. And I had pleather pants. I also have a note here that the title doesn't make sense to me yet in this movie. Well, not until the poem. <laughs> I know. And yeah. I just did. And part of me was just like, where is this fucking list going to come up? <laughs> Well, let's get there. All is going well at the prom until Bianca learns that Joey planned to have sex 
with her that night, angry that Bianca has spurned him for Cameron. Joey reveals his arrangement with Patrick, which causes Kat to leave heartbroken. Joey then punches Cameron, but is in turn beaten up by Bianca for having hurt her, Kat, and Cameron. Bianca and Cameron share another kiss. Yeah, so there's this... So, we're all at the prom. Yes. Uh, um, we kind of missed the Letters to Cleo moment earlier, but that comes back here because they go to like the, the pop punk bar. Yes. That appear like, you know, they make a joke about because at one point there's a joke about Kat maybe being a lesbian and Bianca assures Cameron that she's not a lesbian. Right. Even though she's into kind of lesbian things, which again, fair. She's sure she's reading the bell jar at one point. <laughs> she's, she's begging for some Sylvia Plath, which I had to ask Josh. What, like what, what am I supposed to get this? I was like, only if you get feminist jokes, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like this is a, we're, this is a trope in the making right here. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they're at that, at that bar and it's all women except for Joe, except for Patrick in there. Who there knows was one the bartender? other dude. Yeah. That was in the, that was dancing. That's that right. Was that's it. right. It was just, it was like, <laughs> whoa, okay. Um, and then they're kind of doing a similar sort of ska, um, riot girl band moment at the prom. We had a DJ at our prom. Yeah. Not a live band. No, I, I don't remember if we had anything like that at our, prom. it's funny. Cause I feel like maybe it that's a TV a movie thing. Movie. I don't remember any. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I want a laptop at our, at our after prom party. Oh, yeah. It was a Toshiba laptop. I think you still had that when we started dating. No, I didn't. Cause I sold it to AJ before oh, I went off to right. college because I went to a laptop university and I was going to have to pay for that laptop regardless. So I right, sold my other laptop right, to buy right, a desktop. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael is on stage for whatever reason. Like, uh, surprise people are singing and I'm your Shakespeare date. Yeah. It's so weird. It was was awkward. I'm like, why, why did we need that? But it's the youngest he's looked in the whole film. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And he's got that, that nice coat. Oh, yeah, but I, I kept expecting the rough because he makes a joke earlier about the rough that Shakespeare wears in that one um, little w- uh, wood carving thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, he, he was indeed roughless. Yeah, this is kind of like everything coming to a head and the scheme pops off and we kind of get a mention of the bet. But obviously, like, yeah, Patrick's been a really great guy. He hasn't been. I I don't feel like Patrick has been predatory at all. No, not really. He's just getting this other bonus. And the only thing that he did was sort of lie to her about smoking and sure and kind of modeled himself a little bit. And, and I mean, this is really more or less at that bar that we were talking about. Yeah. Cause like, he's like, I can't, be, I can't music. be seen there. Yeah. But also like sort of manipulative there, but sure. you know, it, it's uh but even then that's not him doing the manipulating. He was being fed information. And I feel right. like, and again, this could just be how I'm seeing it by all means. If we're wrong, tell us. Um, I feel like he's just like, oh, okay, I can get into this, and and I do like her, and right. the money's a bonus, and villain gets his comeuppance, and everybody's fine with it. Love that. <laughs> I, I know. I Nobody, love that look. No one helped him. Everyone's just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Pretty much. You know? Yeah, so the next day, Bianca reconciles with Kat and begins dating Cameron. Walter admits that Kat is capable of taking care of herself and gives her permission to attend Sarah Lawrence College for an assignment in which the students were required to write their own version of William Shakespeare's Sonnet 141. Kat reads aloud a poem titled 10 Things I Hate About You, revealing that she still loves Patrick. Patrick surprises her with a guitar bought with the money Joey paid him and confesses that he has fallen for her. Kat forgives him and the two reconcile with a kiss. 
like this is all high drama, but it feels this feels like pretty normal high school shit. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Ultimately, like uh, he no financial gain. Here's a gift for you. I really do quite like you. Let's start a band together. Yeah, and I feel like the even the the her being in front of class and reading the poem like that was just yeah. very very like it was a vulnerable moment for her, but it was very like believable kind of sure. Almost. Like I could see that happening. Also, um, it's it it's another it's another trope of these, uh, of these sorts of films and entertainment. Cause on, on the original Dawson's rivers kids, there was, a, um, there was a whole storyline about one of the characters coming out via poetry in high school. And it was, it was a whole big thing. And I distinctly remember <laughs> getting a, a, a poetry assignment in um, high school and everybody being like, is are you going to do it? Is this the time? Is this the time? I was just like, <laughs> leave me alone. Shut up. You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> That well, that poem, though, was a lot more powerful than I thought it was going to be. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big, dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh, even worse when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close, not even a little bit, not even at all. Apparently, like, those are real tears that she was crying, which was just really cute. It just, it wasn't an, it wasn't actually an iambic pentameter and and it's just way too rhymey for me. Look. Po- okay. poetry is art and it's, really it's emotion and it's expression and uh it, it is whatever its author needs it to be this is not the sort of poetry i appreciate i love that it was all that qualification and then i don't like it it's not <laughs> no for me. it's not for me <laughs> it's not for me it's uh, too sing-songy yeah and so i mean everything basically resolves and uh y- you know she gets that that um the, the Fender Stratocaster. Yeah. Um, so she can start her own pop punk band. Yeah. As everything's great at school and letters to Cleo is playing a concert on top. Like the scene where she was like, I, well, I guess that she was playing the guitar in the guitar center, but yeah. like I, if she, I, I, I don't know. I would have, I would have liked to see that a little bit more in like that. She really wanted to be in a band, but whatever. Eh. It's, yeah. Um, Ultimately inoffensive. Like, yeah this one's this one's okay on rewatch yeah and i i do want to say though that the band on top of the school, letters to cleo letters to cleo yeah on top of that school uh-huh. legitimately done was terrifying um there was a uh a quote from um uh Kay henley who is the uh, the lead singer of yeah, letters yeah, yeah. To cleo um and she told uh, a magazine at one point that they, the experience scared the band, um, that they had to perform on a, a patch of the roof on top of uh, Henley's kitchen. Uh, the on size a, of Henley's kitchen. Sorry, the size of Henley's kitchen on a windy day. Um, and so they told us, so this is the quote. She, she's like, they told us that the helicopter shot was going to cost $500,000 every time the helicopter takes off. So don't fuck this up. Uh. And Henley re- recalled as we started playing, we saw the helicopter appear off in the distance, and it's hard to say how far away it was at first because 
we were so high up in the air, but then all of a sudden the helicopter does a dive bomb directly towards us that, um, uh, <laughs> is the helicopter out of control? Is it supposed to be coming at us like this? And I'm thinking, don't fuck up. Keep singing the song. Don't fuck up. And it costs 500 grand every time this copter takes off. And it was just a very unbelievably, but scary, uh, shot for her. It was just like, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine like yeah. being on that roof, being windy, and then also having a helicopter come directly at you because that, cause that shot goes in and out and in yeah, and out it and it's terrifying. all one long shot. And yeah, it's a lot done. less, a lot less stunty than their appearance on parks and rec for sure. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. They were on parks and rec. Yeah, Cause it's Ben White's favorite band. Remember? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's delightful. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, do you want to talk? I mean, we just started talking about the music. Do you want to talk about the music in this? Yeah, we get the, uh, I want you to want me. That's the cover. Uh, that's the letters to Cleo cover from cheap trick. That's what they're singing there at the mm-hmm. end. Um, that's kind of like the title track of the, not the title track, but it's the lead track on the soundtrack. Solid cover. That one was on the radio for quite a bit. I distinctly I remember. Do remember that. Yeah. Um, all, like again, it's a, it's a who's who of, of nineties hits. You've got, um, uh, save Ferris, uh, doing I know, uh, semi sonic doing F and T. Oh um, yeah, Sister Hazel doing Your Winter. Um, what else was good on here? Um, the Cardigans War. Um, and then of course, all to Cleo did Cruel to Be Kind. It's just a good. It's a bop. This yeah. uh, this is a good. It's a good soundtrack. And then, and yeah, we also talked about, I mean, at the beginning, the bare naked lady song, which is actually not on the soundtrack. No, which is kind of, funny. that's what's fun. There are a couple songs that weren't on the soundtrack. Yeah. There are a couple other that I was like, Oh, wait a minute. And I was looking at this list. I can't remember which ones they are now. And I didn't note them at the time. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, well, the budget for this movie was 16 million. Yeah. Um, it made 53 million. Nice. So it actually did fairly well. Um, I did see there was a description that discrepancy between Wikipedia and IMDb. IMDb said 30 million estimated for the budget. Mm. And I don't know if that's adjusted, I don't, I don't which know. it may be, but anyways, it's still regardless. One way or another, made money. It, made, it made a bit of money. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for this for the critics was 69. Nice. nice. Um, the uh, Carolyn Westbrook for Empire Magazine in 2019 uh, said that with the finest sorry with the finest source material around given a modern zing this teen comedy is somehow tied and true but all fresh uh, but, uh, but fresh all the same uh, at the same time tried and true but fresh all at the same time yeah yeah uh and then uh how do you say that jeff jeff <laughs> geoff jeff andrew uh from time out in 1999 uh said that styles grows into her character and ledger is effortlessly charming which i very much agree with yeah and then viewer scores, we've got 69% again. Double nice. Double nice. Uh, Kayla C in 2014. Love this movie. And Heath Ledger is so hot. Five stars. Agreed, Kayla. <laughs> Muffin M in 2013. This was just like being in high school again. And I absolutely hated high school. Two stars. <laughs> That's just like Jocelyn. <laughs> Jocelyn. I absolutely hated high school. Two stars. Uh, um, This didn't get nominated for any Oscars, but there were a, uh, couple of awards that it won yeah um 
the Chicago Film Critics Association Awards in 2000. Uh, they won, uh, Julia Stiles won for Most Promising Actress. Most Promising Actress. <laughs> Bless. Seems competent. <laughs> <laughs> Most smartest. But then, yeah, the 1999 Teen Choice and the 2000 MTV Movie Awards. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, won for Breakout Female Performance with Julia Stiles. Uh, nominated for Best Musical Performance for Heath Ledger. I love it. Can't Take My Eyes Off of yes, You. Yes, which also, you notice, wasn't on the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> he was robbed. Um, he was robbed. And yeah, the Teen Choice Awards nominated for a bunch of stuff, uh, specifically the choice comedy, uh, breakout performance for Julia Stiles, um, the sexiest love scene for Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger. Uh-huh. I, what was that? Just the kissing scene? It must have been. I don't know. That's probably why I didn't And then the funniest scene is that's good with David Krumholtz. That's got to be the bike off the... No, that's actually when he's getting the dick drawn on his face, which uh, we sort of skipped over We didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> I mean, talk about homophobic jokes. Just this guy, like, again, such a weird um, dick power move. Like, I'm just going to draw this dick on your face while like you're he having He sits this- down at the table at lunch, like, trying to fill him in and, like, get him to into this plan. And he's just drawing a dick on his face. Now, there is a uh, a, a trivia about this. Um, the guy that played Joey didn't actually know how to draw a dick. What? Properly. So David had to show him. What? How to do that. Well, and then they did it a couple times because there's a <laughs> shot where the dick is drawn differently. Like yes. it's, it's touched up. Oh, goodness. Bless goodness. Them. Goodness. We're, we've got more trivia, right? Yeah, yeah. This is all shot on location. Yeah. There were no sets that were used with this, which is, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, the, uh, we talked about the letters Cleo thing. Talked, talked about, about the paintball thing. This is what I wanted to talk about. Yes. So America explain. The guitar that Kate plays in the in the store is a Fender made Squire Stratocaster, which is about three hundred fifty dollars. Which yeah. would make sense that he'd be able to afford that. Sure. However, the the guitar that's in her car is a mid range Fender Strat, which is a thousand three hundred dollars at that time. So he spent an extra thousand dollars on her. Do you think that he had that sort of money to do that? I don't know. Maybe I just, he said that he bought it all with the money that there that there was there. I was just saying that that was. There was a, a a problem there and that that guitar was not the same guitar that she was playing in the guitar center. And this is where your suspension of disbelief stopped? Broken. Just <laughs> Well, at least it made pieces. it to the last moment of the film. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well, yeah, that's a. Uh... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was actually really fun. Yeah. I, I, I I laughed at it. Um, I felt things at some points and it holds it, up. I wish does. I wish it had more Alice and Janney. I wish it had gays. Yeah. Um, but you know, we can't, we can't have everything. No. Um, yeah. If they ever remake this, I like, I need Alice and Janney to come back and like be an integral part to the movie. Yes. Agreed. Um, but I yeah, need, I need Alice and Janney and everything pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's us. That's, that's, I mean, that's 10 things I hate about you. This is fun. I didn't hate watching this one again. And in fact, my notes, I think I are so slim because I was just enjoying watching it. It was, it was a fun, <laughs> it was a fun r- romantic comedy movie from the nineties. Yeah. And like it, it, uh, it was good. It's fun to see these things on Disney plus. Yeah. I think that like, this is, there's, there's a lot of back catalog that they can continue to put on there mm-hmm. that, of movies that, you know, you might not have been able to see. Exactly. And um, I just love a, a, a nice little, a little bit of nostalgia that doesn't make me feel awful. Exactly. <laughs> Cause I feel like there's been a lot of that recently. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, all right. Before we wrap up, remember to head over to, um, 
patreon.com slash making mischief yes. um, to support us on Patreon. We're actually about to record uh, our latest Patreon episode here in just a boot. So yeah, you'll be able to get that soon. And yes. uh, we've got a lot of other stuff from us, but also uh, all the other shows on the mischief media network. So yeah. check it out at patreon.com slash making mischief. Yeah. They put stuff up twice a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's twice a week. Yeah. It, yeah. it is twice a week. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. And you can find Clancy on Twitter and Instagram at CLNCY. Yep. And they can find Josh at Josh watching TV without the G on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. Yes. And you can find the show at nonplus pod everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, so not, we, we don't have a TikTok. We don't have a Snapchat. Maybe in the future. Yeah. It's, we, we, we I don't. Yeah, no. I don't have the energy right now. I don't either. Like, what would we do? What would we TikTok about? We just stare. We just stare into the phone and be like Disney. I don't know. I don't know what people do on TikTok. I, I mean, I see them, but like, eh. yeah, like, I'm I'm getting too old for the <laughs> for the. Are we are we there yet? I I'm. Oh no! Well, you, well, you did just turn thirty two. Oh, Clancy just had a birthday. <sighs> I miss Vine. <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> also be sure to rate review and subscribe uh, leave us a five star rating we'll read it if it's got puns or a limerick so much the better here's one from professor dudley it's a five star review you really get to feel like you're just sitting in josh and clancy's living room they got you a drink and they uh, then you ask them to explain the Disney movie where Robin Hood is a fox or whatever and go. <laughs> These dudes are great. They have fun guests and my mood is always improved by listening to one of their episodes. I would give them more stars if it were an option. And then he puts in seven stars and says there's seven for good measure. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you Professor so Dudley. That's a delight. Yeah. Leave us a review. We'll read it on the show. But other than that, it, uh, we got It's a time to eat. <laughs> it is time to eat. And actually, we're doing this a lot earlier than we normally would. So this yeah, is great. I'm excited. All right. Well, and that hungry. over there is my husband, Josh. And that over there is my husband, Clancy. And we're nonplussed. We are nonplussed. We are hungry and nonplussed. Hungry and nonplussed. The Josh and Clancy story. Yes. Bye. <laughs> I will actually hold on because there's there's a, a trivia note about this. I'll just put that out right now. You piece of shit. <laughs> I'm glad we got that one clean, but it's like <laughs> that's like the time. <laughs> the time you asked me for my sister's zip code and I answered and you said, that's not what I asked you shithead. <laughs> Because you were yelling at the computer? Because it did, yeah, like reloaded the page or whatever instead of I typing was, in. It's like, <laughs> it's exactly what you asked, but okay, honey. Sure, that I, I literally answered the question, but it sounds like you're having a moment. Yeah. Remember, you can get $20 off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon 
with the code nonplus. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplus to get your $20 off today. Add some personality to your potions. And some spice to your sauce. Ew. <laughs> 